In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. <coughs> I was asked today to speak about predestination. Predestination, destination means our fate. Predestination means God predetermined where we will be even before our creation. Which means that we have no choice. But St. Paul in Romans chapter 8 and many other verses, he used the word predestination. He predestined us. So, there are many questions here. I like, by the end of the lecture, this question will be answered. For example, do we have free will? Or God has predestined us either to heaven or to hell? What about God's salvation? Is it a free gift from God? Or is it we earn it by our action? Is salvation predestined? Whether the grace of God is responsible for everything in our life, when we say God is Pantocrator, controlling everything in our life. <coughs> and when St. Paul in Romans 8 he spoke about God's elect or God chose. So, does God choose those who are saved or not? So, let us read some words together verses from the Bible to see what is the origin of this problem. The first verse in Exodus chapter 4 <coughs> and verse 21. And the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in your hand, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. I will harden his heart. How can we understand this verse? Especially in Romans 9, St. Paul used the same verse again in Romans chapter 9 in verse uh, 21 in verse 17 For the scripture says to the Pharaoh, For this purpose I have raised you up, 
that I may show you, I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore, he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills, he hardens. Has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills, he hardens. Same chapter in verse 11, <coughs> speaking about Esau and Jacob. For the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, to Rebekah, the older shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, and Esau I have hated. <coughs> Another verse in the same chapter, verse 21. <coughs> Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? Also in Ephesians chapter 1, starting from verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Also, in the same chapter, verse 11, him also we have obtained, in him also have obtained an inheritance being predestined, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And many other verses. <clears throat> so, some actually denomination, like the Presbyterian, they believe in predestination. They believe that we have no choice in our salvation. God already predestined those who will be saved. So even if you want to be saved, you cannot unless if God chose you. And their justification that all of us, we were under the sentence of death. So if God chose to save some people, the rest should not complain because they are already under sentence of death. 
And God has freedom to choose whom he wants to save and whom he doesn't want to, to, to save. So if man is predestined to heaven or hell, and God choose whom he loves, and reject others even before our creation, and our actions are irrev- irrelevant, since our fate has been decided upon before the creation of the world, which means fate, our destination, is the decision of God in our life and the work of God in our life. And we should not fight it, but rather to accept it. So if God did not choose me, I should not complain, just accept it. Of course, there are many issues with this opinion or with this uh, dogma. Because if God has chosen whom to save, then what is their advantage? And why they are getting reward? If God actually choose some to be vessels of wrath, then why he punish them? It's God who chose them to be vessels of wrath. So adopting this dogma means we are saying God is unfair. And there are also other verses in the scripture saying it is your free will. It is your choice. And I will read some verses. Then we will reconcile the two opinions. How can we understand the verses that were mentioned about predestination? And how can we understand the verses about our free will? So, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. It's very clear. Choose life. You have the two ways and it's your choice. It's your decision. Proverb 119. So, sorry, 29. Proverb 129. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. So, 
To walk godly, fear of the Lord, means godliness. To be godly, it's your choice. It's not something imposed on you from above. And these people hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Another verse, Isaiah 1, 19 and 20. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So here it's clear, it's your choice. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. Another verse in Matthew chapter 7, from verse 21 to 24. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So, if you do his will, you will be saved. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. So it's your choice to build your house on the rock or to build it on the sand. The last two verses, Matthew 23, 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to hear, how often I wanted, so that is the will of God, to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wing. But you were not willing. So here God did not impose his will on them. He has will. But they were not willing, and God respected their free will. But the Presbyterian Church doesn't teach this. They say you are predestined, God decides, and you have no choice. First Peter 1 Peter 1.17 And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. 
conduct your stay. So, here it's your choice. And then it's very clear that the judgment, God will judge according to each one's work. Then if I am predestined to walk in this way, or to be godly, or not to be godly, why God would judge me according to my word? And why he would say, conduct yourself, choose to conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. So how can we understand the dogma of predestination? There are things we don't have choice in them. We did, we did not choose in which country we were born. We did not choose from which family we were born. So, when we speak about these choices, we have no freedom of choice here. But the argument is, life is a gift from God to us. And if I decide to give you a gift, then you will accept the gift, you will not choose the gift. When I give you a gift, it is me who will choose it, and I will give it to you. Then your choice is to accept the gift or to refuse the gift. Life is a gift from God. And God chose for each one of us which country, which family, which religion, And in his choice, he knows what is the best for each one of us. But it is a gift from God. After we are born, then gradually we are trained to use our free will. The little children their parents guide them, teach them how to make good decisions in your life. And as the family and the parents and the culture teach the children, that's how they would grow and how they will make decisions in their life. Then, after this actually, Everything is according to our free will. Yes, there are circumstances that we cannot control. Living in a system, we are part of the system. Living in a system makes me influence this system and be influenced by the system. For example, maybe I work with a very difficult boss who may actually discriminate against me, 
whether because of my religion, because of my race, because of my nationality. And I have no free will in this. But even in this situation, you have the freedom how to react to this. So you still, you are free in choosing your reaction to this. Also, living in a system, I can catch a disease, for example. Part of my humanity, I can be attacked with any illness or disease. Yes, some diseases I have choice. Like, for example, people who smoke, they will suffer from bronchitis and cancer. People who live in immorality, they may suffer from sexual transmitted diseases. But there are some diseases attack us and we have no control over them. This happens actually because we are part of a system. I influence the system and be influenced by the system. But at the end, I am free how to react to this. And God in general set rules and we are under these rules of nature. When God actually make an exception to these rules, this is what we call miracle. But miracle is not the default. Many of us when we pray, we pray for miracles. I want miracle to happen. But miracle will happen if in the economy of God he foreknew that this miracle will help my salvation or help the salvation of others. But at the end, the miracle is God's decision. And God has the right to say yes or no. But all of us, we are under the rules of the nature. When we speak about salvation, we can ask these two questions. Those who receive salvation, do they earn it by their good work? Do I have any choice in being saved or not? And the second question, can we grow spiritually because of our struggle and hard work or not? When it comes to salvation, it is 100% your choice. All the verses that we read about the predestination and God appointed us before the creation of the world, 
these verses are true for every single person in the world. Every single person, from Adam to the end of the ages. God wants to save every single person. He does not desire the death of a sinner, but rather that he returns and lives. But who will benefit from this free gift of salvation? Who will benefit from the grace of salvation? Those who will accept the gift. For example, if here in the church we made a dinner to all the homeless people in the area and we invited all of them with no exception, who will enjoy the dinner? Those who accept the the invitation. So although the invitation is for everybody, the calling for everybody, the election is for everybody. But not everybody will benefit from this calling. Only those who accept it. And when I accept it, I have accepted in work, not just by word of mouth. I have to do things that make me clear I accepted the invitation. For example, if the homeless said, I accept the invitation of the church, but he never came here, he will not enjoy the dinner. Although he said, I accepted the invitation. So our work is not with the purpose to save us. Because our words cannot save me. What saves me is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the works that I am doing proves that I accepted the invitation, the free calling of our Lord Jesus Christ. When I accept to believe in him, when I accept to be baptized, when I accept to be chrismated, when I repent and confess my sins, when I accept to partake of his blood and his blood. (coughs) So now I am accepting the free gift of salvation. Pope Shunda used to say, we are not saved by works are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. But we will not be saved without works. Today, actually, in the Gospel this morning about the man who was born blind. And the Lord put clay on his eyes. And then he told him, go and wash your eyes in the pool of Silwan. If the man said, I believe that Jesus can believe me, can, can heal me, 
without washing my eyes. So I will not wash my eyes. Do you think he would be healed? No, he wouldn't. If this man, before meeting the Lord Jesus Christ, he went and washed his eyes in the pool of Siloam hundred times, do you think he would be healed? So, the washing of his eyes are not the direct reason of his healing, but it was a condition for his healing. Clear? In the same way, the works are not the direct reason behind our salvation, but the works are condition for our salvation. Because works means we accepted the free gift of salvation. <coughs> so, when we speak about salvation, salvation is a free gift from us to all humanity. And this free gift given equally to each person in the world and each person has an equal opportunity but at the end if I choose not to accept this free gift by my own free will I will not be saved That's why we need to differentiate between salvation and the crowns. The crowns will be given to us as reward, but salvation as a gift. What's the difference between reward and a gift? Gift is free. Reward, you earn it. So, Crowns like crown of martyrdom, crown of uh, asceticism. This actually, people discipline themselves to receive such grounds, crowns. But when we speak about salvation, it is free gift from God to all of us. And when God sees some people in his foreknowledge, he foreknew that these people will never repent in his foreknowledge. So he may use them to be glorified in them. So here he is not changing their destination. It's already known because of the hardness of their heart. Like Pharaoh. Pharaoh, he was very, very disobedient, non-repentant, rebellious person. God wanted to show his glory even through Pharaoh. 
not only through his children and saint, but even through fear. So God hardened his heart. Because God in his foreknowledge, he foreknew that Pharaoh will never repent. And now, in these ten plagues, God was glorified. How certain plague fell only on the Egyptians and not on Israel, although they were living adjacent to each other. So we can see how God was glorified. So the hardening of the heart of Pharaoh doesn't mean God hindered his salvation. But already God knew or foreknew that this person will never repent. So God as well said, let me be glorified in him. And the word hardening is not an active word. Me doesn't mean that God actively hardened the heart of Pharaoh. It doesn't mean this way. But when the person chooses to stay away from God, then he is staying away from the grace of God. When he stays away from the grace of God, the natural outcome of this, his heart will be hardened. So this is the natural outcome of staying away from God. So we can say salvation is granted to us as a free gift but it is not enforced on people. It's freely given and freely accepted. Freely given to everybody. And when you accept it, it will be given to you also freely. As we read in John chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, This was the dialogue with Nicodemus. The Lord said that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever believes, not only the elected, not only those who were predestined. God's will that all men to be saved, all men, not only those who are predestined. If you turn your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 3, you will see First Timothy chapter two verses three and four. Chapter two verses three and four. He's saying, For this is good 
and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men, not only the elected, not only the predestined, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Also in second Corinthians, uh, sorry, in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 32. Ezekiel 18, 32. For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. If it is God's predestination, then why God says to us, therefore, turn and live? So God did not predestine. God chose all of us. God the Father chose all of us in his Son. But unfortunately, not all of us will accept this calling. That's why God called us to be reconciled with him. If we are predestined, why God call, would call us to be reconciled with him? As we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19, That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. If we are predestined, why he reconciled the world to himself? Not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. And God wanted us to know that everyone will not accept his invitation. That's why he gave us the parable of the wise virgins and foolish virgins. The wise accepted, all of them were virgins. All of them were invited to the wedding. But the five wise who had the oil entered the wedding, but the other could not enter. And another parable about the wedding a man who made waiting for his son and invited everybody, but the people refused the invitation. So the invitation and the calling is for everybody. God in his knowledge he foreknew that we are unable to reach God by ourselves. That's why he became man. 
and set us an example and empowered us by Holy Spirit. So, by the Holy Spirit inside us, I can follow his pattern and his example. And I will be able to make correct decisions and correct choices. Then, how can we understand some difficult verses like Romans 9 and like Philippians chapter 1, sorry, Ephesians chapter 1 and Romans 8? I will start with Romans 8. St. Paul said in verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. Love God means what? He who loves me, keep my word. So, when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ and we keep his word, all things, invitation for everybody. But those who accept God and keep his word, all things will work together for good to them. To those who are called according to his purpose. So his purpose to call everybody, but not everybody will accept the calling. See, predestination based on the pre-knowledge. Verse 29, for whom he foreknew he, al- he also predestined. In his foreknowledge, God foreknew who will accept him and who will reject him. And based on this, on this foreknowledge, he predestined. Like if you are a teacher or you are a manager in company and they asked you, whom you choose from your class as a teacher to represent the school in this contest. Those whom for you foreknew, you will predestine to represent the school. So in reality, they made you choose them. Or when the, a boss or a manager in a company make the bonuses at the end of the year. Based on the foreknowledge, he decides this will get that or he will promote it or not based on the foreknowledge. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brethren. And those, verse 30, moreover whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. 
and whom he justified, these he also glorified. So foreknowledge led to predestination, led to the calling, led to the justification, led to the glorification. Why I am born in a Christian family and other people were not born in Christian family? Maybe God, because in his foreknowledge, he foreknew that these people will not accept his invitation. So in his foreknowledge, he predestined which family to be born from. Then we are called, those he predestined, he called, based on his foreknowledge. Then he justified us through the sacrament of the church. Then he will glorify us in his second coming. Romans 9, which one of the difficult chapters in the scripture. But here, in order, the key to this chapter to understand the chapter. St. Paul want to prove that our salvation is not based on our work, but based on the calling of God and the election of God. It is God who chose to save us, not we earn the salvation. So, he started to say, why God chose Israel to be his people in the Old Testament? This choice based on his foreknowledge. That's why he called the Israel and made them his people and he became man from them. So he gave some examples. The first example is the example of Isaac and Ishmael. He wanted to say, who are the children of Abraham? The children of Abraham are those who are born according to the flesh or according to the calling. God, Abraham has two children according to the flesh, Ishmael and Isaac. And Ishmael is the firstborn. But God called Isaac, not Ishmael. So somebody may argue, but Isaac is the son of Sarah, Ishmael is son of Hagar, and Sarah is his wife. So Paul gave another example said, what about a twin from the same father and the same mother? 
Isaac and Rebecca. Rebecca had twin, Esau and Jacob. And even before their birth, God said, I loved Jacob and I hated Esau. Based on what? So, those are children, twin. But who is considered the children of Abraham? Jacob, not Esau. Because in the foreknowledge, God knew that Jacob would walk according to the faith of Abraham. Then when God chose to save us, although salvation is for everybody, but God in his foreknowledge, he knew who will accept. So he predestined these people for calling and justification. And Pharaoh, in his foreknowledge, he knew that Pharaoh will never repent. That's why he chose Pharaoh in order to show his power and his glory in him. To be glorified even for those who reject him. Let me give you some examples to make this a little bit clear. Rain falls on good crops and weeds. Same rain. And the same rain make the good crops to grow and the weeds to grow. So can we attribute the good fruit to the rain? And we can attribute the growth of the weeds to the rain. The same source is the rain, who made both grow. But we have two different outcomes, depending on what? On the soil. Another example, the sun. The sun shines on good soil, and sunshine on soil filled with filth. The sun causes the crops to grow and brings good smell. And the sun causes the filth to generate bad odor. Same action, but two different outcome, depending on the soil. Heat, the same source, can cause the wax to melt and can cause the wet clay to harden. So here we have the same source. Heat can make the wax melt and the wet clay to harden. In the same way, Esau and Jacob, one chose God, the other did not choose. That's why God said, I, I loved Jacob and I hated Esau means his work, his choices. 
for Pharaoh, God, God did not stop Pharaoh from his hardened heart. When said, I will harden his heart, mean God did not stop Pharaoh from his hardened heart. He let him continue with his hardened heart in order to show his glory to the Jews and to the Egyptians. The last passage that I want to read with you from Ephesians chapter 1, we read it in the beginning. Verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So God, in his foreknowledge, he knew who would accept Jesus Christ. And those who would accept Jesus Christ, God chose them in Jesus Christ. That we should be holy and without blame before him, having predestined us to adoption as sons. Those God in his foreknowledge, he foreknew that they will accept Jesus, they will be united with Jesus through the sacrament, then in Jesus they will be his children. So he predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, sons to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Also in verse 11, in him, in Jesus, also we have obtained an inheritance. In Jesus, now we obtain the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Predestined according to his purpose, because in his foreknowledge, he foreknew these people will accept Jesus, will be one with him, so he predestined them to inheritance. So, at the end, God respect our free will. Salvation is a gift from God. But we have the choice to accept this gift or not to accept it. Those whom God foreknew that they would accept the gift of, gift of salvation, he will predestine them to calling, to justification, to glory, to the inheritance, to the adoption, as we read in Ephesians. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.